Hello, I'm Kristen McDonald, and welcome to Second Vision. Today we're going to take a second look at your love life, and that's because Second Vision is all about having reinvention skills and tools in your back pocket when the first plan of action fails, as many of you regular listeners know. And today I have Pauline Middleton, the author of One Woman and Three Men, (laughs) and what she has to say might surprise you about finding love. She's actually in Denmark as we speak, has just finished a book tour. Pauline has an interesting background. She has an MSc in economics and has traveled all over the world, and her background is actually in sales and marketing, but her own experience in losing at love and then winning at love lent her to write a book, One Woman, Three Men, and start a website. And what she has to say is so interesting, I can't wait to share it with you. So stay tuned. Welcome, Pauline. Thank you very much, Christine. I'm really delighted to have you here today. So tell us, what is your model with One Woman and Three Men? Well, it's a model that I started uh, using myself some years ago when my love life was in ruins. You know, I'd been married, and then I got a divorce, and then I met this guy, and we were together for a year, but then I found out that he was cheating on me. And, you know, I was like, I was devastated after that, and I was saying to myself, okay, well, if I continue doing the same things I've done so far, I may risk up in the same situations again. And I neither wanted, you know, to continue either of them. So I knew I needed to kind of change my approach to love. And also when I was looking around, I saw that quite a number of people were struggling with love for different reasons, but struggling. And then I figured, okay, well, um, I'll start by defining what's important for me in a relationship. And before I knew it, I had a list of 26 points. And then I know, you know, when you want to go dating, I mean, don't put up 26 points. Uh, Because, I mean, I wouldn't (laughs) answer a profile That's a sure way to scare somebody. Exactly. And it would scare me too. <laughs> right. So, And then I, I looked at the list and then I said, okay, what are the three most important areas? Well, it's a guy that I could talk with about life and love and politics and so on. And it's a guy who's interested in sex uh, because, you know, some guys are just wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. And I'm more uh, for curiosity and attention and devotion and so on. So I wanted a guy who had, you know, an approach similar to mine. And then I live in an old house, so I also needed a handyman. And then when I was sitting there looking at these three areas, I figured, well, how about if I separate it and actually look for three men, one to fulfill each role? Then I can identify, you know, where does it go wrong? What am I doing that makes it go wrong? And, you know, what is actually happening in love? And then I, I made an online dating. But we all need a handyman. I'll tell you that much. The the, the man that I'm, I'm with now is a he's he's a doctor, but he's also the most handy person that I've ever met in my life. And I tell you, every time I call my mother and I say, "My God, he fixed that again," you know. I mean, it's it's yeah. it's a really it's a good thing. It's a good trait, is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, I know. And whenever I tell women about my models, the reaction I get most often is, "Whoa, I could need a handyman. That's for sure." So, well, I dated you know, somebody I, once who once said to me, he said, you know, it's funny, man. And he said, I'm, I'm out of a divorce, he says, and now I'm dating, he says, but everybody wants you to be their handyman. And he says, and I'm not that guy. No, <laughs> no. And, you know, some guys aren't. And, and No, I'm no, and there's no, yeah, no disrespect. You know, it's just not everybody has no. that talent. 
No, but I mean, I would urge the guys who have that talent, you know, go and show it to some women, and I'm sure you're going to get some very positive responses. So, but, you know, what I did was I uploaded a dating profile saying I'm looking for three men, a guy to talk to, a lover, and a handyman. And then I was like, ooh, what's going to happen now? And then the answers started pouring in. A lot of men responded saying, hey, woman, you're a lucky girl because I am a three-in-one. I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, in order to go on a date with me, you need to choose one of the roles. And then they were like, you know, I had thought that the majority of men would say, okay, then it's the sex part. But they didn't. No, actually. but I'm sure that, like, I mean, and this is something that we'll get into, too, the jealousy factor. And, um, you know, I mean, I, I know that I've dated people who would just flip out if they thought that I was, you know, spending a lot of my other time with them and they were paying attention to me. You know, but you say yeah. clearly you weren't sleeping with all three people. No, that was the starting point. You know, I'm, I'm only mm-hmm. sleeping with the lover and I'm, uh, you know, doing other things with you guys. With the other but how did you even find time for that? My God, I mean, it's enough to balance life just to have a full-time relationship if you're, you know... I well, guess just... you know, I was alone with my daughter after the divorce, so every second week she was with her dad. So every second I week I only had to work and then see the guy. So, you know, it was like, and I didn't see them when she was there, you know, except on rare occasions I would have her looked after by a neighbor or something. But, you know, right. I spent the time when she was not there with the men. And, and that was a, a great distribution for me because it actually allowed me to live intensely for a week and then to have a week where I was digesting whatever happened there. Well, do I actually feel good about that? And, hey, that night with the talker where we had a bottle of red wine and we went to that movie and discussed it, I really felt like continuing into the bedroom with him. But, you know, he's not my lover, so, so is it okay if I do that? And I right. was thinking about that. And then I figured in the end, well, you know, it's my model. I never promised the lover exclusivity. So if I feel like it and the talker feel like it, we can do it. And then I went ahead and did it. Okay, so so that's fair. So you're just telling the first person that if something changes here, because we're not in a serious relationship, yes. you know, that we're exactly. intimate, but if something changes, then I may flip over to the handyman. So it kept them all on their toes. Yes. <laughs> oh, didn't it just? Exactly. I mean, men... Because most people die off after a certain period more. of time if they don't think they're going forward in a relationship, you know. Sure. Sure, but here they had the competition standing right in the wings, ready yes. to take over yes. if they were not really up for it. Right, and I mean, right. it, it, it led to men really performing, but it also led to a couple of men checking out of the model due to jealousy, you know, saying, yeah, oh, I'm this sure. is just too much for me. And well, I mean, ha- let's, let's yeah, flip it around. Okay. How would you have felt if, um, and I'm sure you've been asked this many times, if, if the situation were reversed and you were just one of well, the three women? Balanced. I was challenged mm-hmm. a couple of times, you know, when when I developed uh, deeper emotions for the lover and I would, you know, say goodbye to him and I knew that he was going out into the world and he had not promised me exclusivity. So, you know, uh, I had to say goodbye to one of the guys because it was simply not developing in the direction that, that I uh, felt good about, you know, because I was finding that I was getting more interested in him than he was in me. But, you know, when you allow yourself to kind of conduct an experiment like this, I lived like this for a year and a half, dating three men at the same time. 
when you allow that uh, yourself to do that, you also get to know yourself a lot better. So, I'm so sure. you know, I wasn't I wasn't in it to be happy all the time and just find eternal bliss. I was in there to find out what is actually going on. What is happening when I'm with men? Why does it keep going wrong? You know, what do I do? What does he do? Uh, does it depend on the men? Does it depend on me? You know, and so it was really an interesting period in terms of You know, of it is true. I mean, I, I told you earlier that I, I have a chapter in a book called 100 Blind Dates, and, and you, I find so many of my girlfriends who are single at this point from divorces or cheating husbands or just the relationship didn't work out, but many of them get despondent and they say, I just won't go out there again. I'm, I'm, I've had it. I can't do Internet dating. I won't do this. I won't do that. But the practice of being out there and just learning to talk to a multitude of different people and finding out yeah. other people's likes and dislikes and what you're doing wrong and mm-hmm. and uh, what they're doing wrong on the same token really is beneficial. Yeah, you know, it is. and and it's a numbers and, and game. It's too I bad. think. You know. Yeah, exactly. And I find that a lot of women are giving up on two. Uh, too small a ground of bad experiences. Yes. I yes. know that bad experiences can really hurt you and can make you feel devastated for a while. But, you know, don't rest in that position. Because if you do, it's going to be your identity. It's going to be the rest of your life. And Absolutely. And you can find love at any age. I mean, I'm, I'm in a sure. wonderful, loving relationship now. And I think Part of it is because, you know, as you were saying in some of your material, you get to a point at different stages where you know what you want, you know who you are, and you realize that, you know, maybe one person cannot satisfy all these different things. You need balance. You kind of grow into yourself, hopefully. You know, realizing that your work infuses you in some area and your friends infuse you and activities infuse you, and then you have this person, but that that person maybe doesn't satisfy, you know, just like you said, we we grow up and we're – you know, we're taught to think Prince Charming is going to come along and satisfy exactly. everything, and that no one person yeah. can do that. No, no, and and you know, then when we get hurt by love, we're like, oh, I, this is impossible. I I can never make it work. Well, how, how many times have you actually tried? You know, anything else that we need to try? If we want to play the violin, or if we want to play uh, uh, football or baseball or whatever, we would never stop after you know having lost three or four times or not playing the right notes. Oh, no. Like the book, I think it's called Outliers, where they talk about how many hours the Beatles yeah. put in before oh, they yes, were successful. Exactly. 10,000. You know, yeah. 10,000. 10, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, I, I think what, we, uh, what I want to contribute with this model is that you can actually also reduce your vulnerability uh, by having uh, three uh, dates at the same time going on. Because when you only have one date, then you tend to, at least I tended to, and I've met many women who tend to, you know, we will uh, invest ourselves so much in this one date and get our expectations high and construct and you get a needy. castle in our head and get needy and interpret so much on his behavior and his non-behavior and his attitude and his what he's saying. You know, when you have three going, you simply don't have time for all of this. Well, and it's just like a job interview. You know, when you're in demand, (laughs) other people can sense it. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So it's it's not about having uh, uh, three men at the same time or dating three men at the same same time. It's about allowing yourself to have more than one suitor at the same time. You know, that's such a liberating step. 
So, yes. And that's why so, I ended up writing a book about it. Many people, many women can benefit from this idea. Oh, my goodness. Many, many millions of people. I mean, I, I just heard the other day that, uh, what, 50-something percent of people are divorced, and yet 60-something yeah. percent are sorry that they divorced. And I thought that was an interesting <laughs> statistic. But, oh, um, yeah. But there's Definitely. so many people in their 50s and above who are single and, and looking yeah. for love, you know. And often, yeah, you know, we and, start and out when we're youthful, and it doesn't work out because we don't know who we are, you know. Oh, we don't, and, and our partner doesn't either. And But we grow up with this ideal that you meet your high school sweetheart, you fall mm-hmm. in love, you set up house, you have children, and then you stay uh, faithful to each other because out of sheer love the rest of your life. Right. But what right. is missing in that uh, line is uh, the fact that people change. Definitely. And the fact that people develop. And, and you yes. know, we're actually making the personal develop of individuals, we're making that a problem by only having one love model. So I think I if know. you have this love model with the high school sweetheart, it's fine. I say 20% of the population, that's the way they're going to live. And they're going to yes. love it. And yes. that's great. But the rest of us, you know, we may have monogamous relations uh, following each other. We may have a monogamous period and then have a period where we have uh, parallel partners or some people might even have, uh, you know, more partners at the same time or having some group constellations. But, you know, let's open up and allow more models to be acceptable because then people will more easily fit into whatever is good for their life and their, where they are personally right now it makes sense i mean now tell us that you the you say that the book is a combination of fact and fiction and humor and, and philosophy and combining the the sexual you know um traits of men and women and the psychological so tell us a little bit more on that yeah well i had these experiences myself for a year and a half then i fell in love with a handyman and was with him for two years then he moved to another part of the country and we broke up and then oh, I now let me stop you. The, the, the man that you're with now, is he at all handy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he is, but he's also a bit lazy. So we end up, you know, hiring somebody to take care of that. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just joking. <laughs> and then we go and make love. <laughs> oh, well, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Yeah. And you've been together how long? Uh, we were married uh, two years ago, and we met three years ago. Oh, that's fantastic. So you are an advocate of monogamy. That is, is that the goal, really, with your book? No, I'm an advocate of a conscious love. You know, mm-hmm. uh, asking yourself what is right for you, for where you. you're at in your, in your life right now. And yeah. allowing yourself to define some other models than what is maybe what your parents uh, want or what your friends thinks is appropriate or what society thinks is appropriate. You know, yeah. let's allow ourselves to be more individual and uh, making use of freedom of choice. And But, you know, before you can actually maneuver in that landscape, you need to be quite grounded in yourself. You know, you need to become conscious of what is important for you in love. So that's why I say, you know, try to define what are the most, what are the important areas in a relationship for you. And once you made that, because everyone's different, you know, and I and yeah. I and then identify the three most important areas. For some people, they would be looking for a guy to share a spirituality with, 
or to right. share mountain climbing right. with or to share sports with or whatever, you know. Well, and it's, I like the really, idea of making the lists. I've always done that in the past, too, putting things on paper in, in every area of your life, writing goals. And somehow when you get it onto the paper, it, you're just releasing it and you're able to really own it, you know. Yeah, yeah, you are. And of, you're of what you're really looking for. To, and you're also able to leave some of the things. So, like, when you sit down and you can only define all the negative things, then mm-hmm. make an, a separate list and write all the negative things to get mm-hmm. it out of your system. And then right. put that little piece of paper in a little box, go and bury the box on the beach or set fire to it, say goodbye to all the negative experiences because they can, they can actually don't serve a purpose anymore. They were just past history. And then no, my sister and I used to do a burning bowl. You know, we'd put things in a burning yeah. bowl and let go of them. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And it works. Just, you know, I've yeah, done it does it work. With several people. It really yeah. works. Yes. But you need to make a ceremony around it and so on, and then you can let go of it. And then start and really defining, let go. You know, be constructive and, and positive and allow yourself to dream. Because yes. it's incredible once you allow yourself to dream. Dreams are free, as they say. So, so tell yeah, me about yeah. some of your clients and some of their experiences. Telling, telling a bit about the the book because I was actually making yes, a lot yes, read about that. <laughs> sure, sure. But, no, um, what I did was that I um, I made a diary when I was dating three men, and then I was living letting it sit and having this relationship. And when then when I was evaluating my experiences. I was also starting to to talk to people about my experiences. And I found that many people were very curious about hearing more. And then I said, okay, well, then I'll write a book. So should I write my biography? Nah, that's making things a little, come a little too close. And it will be a biography over a period of five years. Nah, I don't really want to do that. Okay, well, I've written two novels before. I love writing novels. I'll write a novel. So what I've done is I've written a novel with a very reflecting heroine. You know, she's thinking about things. She's saying, okay, now I make this plan, this, you know, I want these three men. Well, how can I go about it? And then we follow her like a fly on the wall. So the book is very much, it's a diary of whatever, what she does. How does she go about finding these three men? And then what happens? And then what happens? And then what does it make her feel like? You know, what does she think about these things? And what does so it's really you. What does her family think? Yeah, it's very much based on my experiences, but then it's the uh, condensed reality which uh, fiction writing is. Oh, that's fantastic. I, is it on audio? Is the book on audio? Not yet, but I'm uh, working on making it available on audio, and I'll let you know as soon as it's available. Fantastic. I'm a, I'm a member of Audible, and um, many of our listeners, you know, uh, are vision impaired, and I'm sure that they would love to listen to it. Um, yeah, how about sure. your daughter? How did she deal with this? She was 13 at the time when you started writing the book and going on different yeah, dates? she was. Yeah. Uh, since I was dating these guys when she was not there, she never met them, except, of course, for the handyman that I fell in love with. She met him because I was with him for two years. But uh, then when the book came out, I was, you know, facing a challenge. Okay, what should I do? And I was thinking about it for a while, and then I decided to say to her, you know, I've written a novel, and it's going to come out, and I'm, uh, it's going to raise quite a lot of attention because I could see that just from, you know, the kind of things I've been sending out, press release and so on, that, oh, there was really a lot of curiosity about this book. 
So I said to her, and I don't want you to read the book. I don't want you to read about the book or to watch any of the interviews on television or radio that I'm in. Because this is adult issues and you're not adult yet. When you get to be an adult, you're most welcome to read the book. And she said, okay. And then I said, and whenever people, if they ask you about the book, you say to them, well, you know, my mom has many creative projects and this is just another one of hers. I got a good laugh out of that when I read it. <laughs> I told you, your mom was very crazy. <laughs> so good. <Yeah. laughs> and I thought of myself at 13, you know, if my mother was writing a book like that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I didn't want her to have to be feel responsible in any way for what I was doing. And and yes. it worked, you know. Yes. She, uh, yeah, it just worked. That's fantastic. So so tell us about your website and your coaching business. Yeah, I have a website called modernloveandsex.com. Uh, that's modernloveandsex.com. And there you can uh, read about me and the book and so on. And uh, you can actually also read the first three entries in the diary of Elizabeth, uh, which is the name of my main character. Uh, so you can uh, kind of see, you know, is, is the book something for you? And then I'm also describing my uh, my coaching and the workshops that I'm offering. Fantastic. Do you do webinars as well? Uh, I'm working on that. I haven't done any yet because I've been so busy with the book tour to seven cities in the U.S. And uh, Fantastic. So the book is doing book well. Tour. Yeah, and we're setting up a book tour in the fall as well in September, I guess. But I'll get back to that. And, you know, you can follow the progress of that uh, on the website. Great. Do you have some success stories other than yourself, too, to share from different clients and in your book? I'm in your coaching, you know, experience. Uh, yeah, I have that. I've mostly, um, most of the, you know, I just started in the state, so most of my stories are from Denmark, and I haven't translated them yet. But thank you for reminding. I sure will. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Why is it that the Europeans are always way ahead of us? So much more liberal. Ah, well, you know, Denmark has a reputation for being quite liberal. And, uh, mm -hmm. well, that's just the way we are. We're so small, so we need to kind of attract attention in some way or other. This is our of way. Of course. Of course. <laughs> so does this model work for men as well? Well, you know, men have been doing this for centuries. Yes, that's true, and not always telling us. Yeah. <laughs> and you find so that I a lot with... Online dating, you know, I mean, people are doing that. They're they're dating multiple people. Yeah, exactly. And and what I'm urging people to to be is first about uh, first of all, be honest towards yourself about yes. your own priorities and what you want to do, and then be honest to the people you're dating, because then they can say yes or no to whatever you're proposing them, and you will feel yeah. so much better, you know, by doing that than being secretive or being, you know, manipulative or whatever. I mean, maybe so much better. Really That's young. what I was going to say. It takes a lot of trust, you know, to do what yeah. what you're proposing to do. Well, it takes a lot of trust in yourself and respect, saying that you know I don't want to settle for for less than what is appropriate and fits me, you know. Mm -hmm. But but in order to find that, I need to listen to myself and not be mm -hmm. afraid and say oh, I've had so many bad experiences, so I you know I'm just checking out of this. Or not saying, I don't really dare to dream. Because I've mm -hmm. met a number of people in my coaching sessions saying, you know, I have a fine life, I guess. But, you know, I'm not really feeling it or I'm not really happy. I'm, I'm You know, it's okay. And that's when you've landed in a life that from the outside looks really good and 
everything mm-hmm. is fine, but you've forgotten to listen to what are the important elements to you. And you right. know, many many people can change their present life into respecting the three most important areas in their life. Some people cannot, and then they need to move on. But you know, uh, it's first of all about whether you have the courage to ask yourself, do I dare to dream that I can actually mm-hmm. fulfill some of my deeper longings? Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Beautiful. Well, I can't wait to read the book. Well, thank you so much for having me, Kirsten. And I'll let you know as soon as it's available as an audiobook. Well, thank you, Pauline, so much for sharing your wisdom today on how to take a second look and a second vision on finding a relationship, especially if you haven't found the one or if something you're doing hasn't worked yet. And as you've heard today, Pauline has lived this herself, the um, the model that she found and wrote about in her book, One Woman, Three Men. Sounds like a funny, humorous, and scintillating read. And if you'd also like to check out her website, it's modernloveandsex.com. Thank you so much for listening, and thank you, Pauline. I hope everyone has a blessed day. I'm Kristen McDonald for Second Vision.